back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. The North Carolina Journal is reporting that uh, House Bill 324, one of the most hotly debated bills, passed the House, has passed the Senate, and now goes to Roy Cooper. And unfortunately, probably a veto this bill, 324 bill, ensuring dignity and non-discrimination in the schools. Um, the bill would ban the teaching of 13 discriminatory concepts in the classroom. And the bill is not that long. It's about uh, two and a half pages, uh, double-spaced, and it's you, you can read it in about two minutes. Uh, among other things, it would ban the concept that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex, that an individual solely by the virtue of his or her race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, that an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partly because of his or her race or sex, a meritocracy is inherently racist or sexist, particular character traits, values, moral or ethical codes, privileges, or beliefs should be ascribed to a race or a sex or to an individual because of an individual's race or sex. Now, one of the individuals who has sponsored this bill is Representative Chris Humphrey. We're going to bring him up in just a minute. But first, we'll, we'll get a, a, the perspective from Chris about someone who is obviously in favor of this bill as he sponsored it. But one of those people that were in opposition to this bill was Pitt County's own Candy Smith, now, this is not her entire remarks, but this is pretty much gives you, encapsulates uh, within a couple of minutes, exactly how Candy Smith felt about this bill. So we can agree that yes to both of these two statements are true. This country's constitution was signed exclusively by 39 white land-owning men who explicitly denied the same rights they gave themselves to women, minorities, indigenous Americans, and individuals who did not own land. Now, there's a problem here. According to this legislation, HB 324, if I were a teacher and if I taught these two facts in my classroom, I could be in violation of part eight of subsection C of this bill, which states that teachers cannot teach that quote, the United States was created by members of a particular race or sex for the purpose of oppressing members of another race or sex. Now, perhaps we could have a debate about whether or not I did just violate that bill, but the more important point I want to make here is this bill is indeed a slippery slope. Yet, I stand here re-emphasizing the point I made back in May, the very first time we debated this bill. Whose truth is the truth? And who gets to decide that? This bill is so incredibly dangerous, but on top of that, it's also incredibly insulting for roughly 100 members of this legislative body to think that they know better about what should be taught in our schools than the 100,000 public school teachers who have made it their life's profession as teachers. My colleagues love talking about making decisions local and about getting big government out of our everyday life. Well, nothing screams big government like a purely partisan process dictating every facet of education down to what we can and cannot teach 
from history. I find this bill to be insulting to so many. A majority of this room seems to be under the impression that if we teach kids about racism or the racist history of this country, this will somehow automatically create a generation of racists. It is insulting to think that our kids cannot handle the truth. I'll be honest, this bill scares me, not only because of how insulting and degrading it is to teachers, to parents, and to students, but it's also because of the fact that it leaves so many doors wide open. Who is in charge of enforcing this bill? Will DPI have a special unit that goes from school to school on a witch hunt trying to trap teachers? I really do believe that most people in this room understand that this bill serves no other purpose than to agitate people and to push us farther apart on cultural issues. This bill will agitate people and push us farther apart. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and th th this is an insult to parents. Look around the country. Who is demanding that CRT be removed from the classroom? Mm -hmm. And again, this bill doesn't mention CRT by name, but uh, yeah, it's, it's there because CRT is being taught in our schools. And the idea that just because the Constitution was signed by a bunch of guys who are of European descent, uh, if you go back to when the bill was signed in 1787, Guess what? Women, there weren't too many women running governments at the time. If you weren't a queen and a minor, monarchy, then you, you really weren't in control or in charge. And, uh, I, boy, there's so many things that she said that is just unbelievable. Um, but, hey, we'll give both viewpoints here. Let's bring in Representative Chris Humphrey. Chris, welcome into News and Views. Good to have you back with us. Hey, Tom. Good to be here. Thanks Benny is me. here as well, and uh, you were one of the sponsors of the bill. What did you think as you heard Candy Smith share those remarks uh, on the floor today? Well, we heard a lot of spirited debate, and I'll be honest with you, from what I heard from the opponents of this bill, I was sitting there wondering if we were debating the same bill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. I, it seemed to me that there was a lot of discussion around um, items in this bill that just simply don't exist. I mean, this bill was was created and authored and penned to make sure every student and every parent has they sit in the classroom without being indoctrinated by a rogue teacher. And that's liberal, conservative, doesn't matter. Just we, we just want teachers to be able to teach history regardless of, you know, whether it hurts or it feels good. I mean, this bill does nothing to stymie a teacher. Um, there, are, there are teachers out there that will try to, you know, um, press their beliefs upon students, and, and that's not their job. Their job is to, they can give an opinion, but to tell a student or to make a student feel inferior or uh, ashamed because they're a member of a race who, who discriminated against another race or, or murdered another race, I mean, that, that's not what teaching is about. And uh, But we want that stuff taught because we don't want to repeat those same tragedies that the others experienced 
so I, I just sat there dumbfounded and, and tried to figure out what bill they were talking about. Well, you have to come to the conclusion that it was their intent to misrepresent the bill as best they could so they could get into the News and Observer and WRAL would pick it up and they would have their little 30 seconds of sound bites on there to make it look like anybody that sponsors this bill is just a, a, a awful racist and it, it, these these people are trying to d- defend the Klan coming into our classroom, basically, is how they framed it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that they're trying to promote the national narrative of critical race theory yeah. that, that it is, you know, that, you know, certain groups of people are bad and they're just going to be bad and they, can, they can't change and they're evil. And, and you know, frankly, most, I mean, you guys probably feel the same way. I mean, we're tired of hearing it because that happened in the past. And, you know, while it is tragic and it, it's hurtful and, you know, it, it frankly makes me upset to know that people were treated the way they were, we didn't have anything to do with that. And we don't want a racist, a white supremacist teaching, you know, these crazy uh I don't know, theories to, to our, our kids either. We, right. we don't, we just want teachers to teach. I mean, just like most of us grew up with great teachers and they taught the facts, they taught us the ugly side of America. And, you know, we've left some things out of history. I mean, my goodness, we, we don't have, there's not enough time in the school day to teach every aspect of history. So it's just, a, it's a national narrative by the liberal elitists who are trying to make us feel guilty for sins of our forefathers that we had nothing to do with. And our forefathers were fallible men, and in some cases women, and uh, you know what? Um, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, you, you, you acknowledge the, the warts, but you also acknowledge the good things that they did. And for uh, Candy Smith to try to denigrate and destroy the Constitution— because at the time there were 39 white guys, old white guys that signed it, and came, well, you know what? They came up with a great document that served this country really well. It's only since we've gotten away from the Constitution that things have started to fall apart. Anyway, I digress. Um, it, again, it's a fairly short bill. Anybody could read it, and obviously those people that spoke in opposition to it did not read it. But uh, Benny's here. He's got a yeah. question for you. Yeah, Chris, I. I was looking at uh, and listening to the debate on the floor today, and, and like you said, all the Democrats that came and um, and basically had an argument, it was almost like they were reading on the, on the same sheet of music. But I, I know um, one in particular, Representative Lofton from Mecklenburg County, which is a Democrat, said the bill encourages us to look away from our history. And just as Candy Smith said, uh, and she, she made a comment that um, about the bill that really – absolutely has nothing to do with what the bill said as tom says it's two pages long it's pretty easy but i I break it down in simple terms if if you're a democrat or if you're roy cooper and and ultimately vetoes this bill it's saying you're okay for our school system and, and a teacher in a school system to say that the united states was created by members of a particular race or sex for the purpose of oppressing members of another race or sex I don't see how, if you believe in America, 
you can say that's okay to teach that in the classroom. Because if you vote against this bill, that, that's what you're saying. It's okay to teach that in our, our classroom. And that is not part of our history. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, Absolutely not. I mean, and you know, America, I mean, this country was founded by the oppressed. I mean, by the religious oppressed. So, mm-hmm. you know, Good point. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes no sense. And, uh, you know, it's just. We know Governor Cooper's going to veto the bill, and uh, you know the just the points that were made. I mean, one one member got up and said, you know, she was a teacher and uh, a student, a white student. I'm presuming. I mean, said that went back and told her parents she was saying, you know, using foul language in the classroom, at which I would never believe this lady would do that. I mean, I, I believe this lady was a, a great teacher. I'm talking about Representative Rosa Gill, but. I don't know. I didn't understand her point, how it was applicable to this bill. So it, it's almost like they're trying to grab, just grasp grab for any, straws, any yeah. sound bite. Yeah. Look at a sound bite to just, uh, like you guys said, make those of us who support the bill uh, paint us as a bunch of racists. And uh, well, well, let me ask you this, Chris. You just mentioned that you think that Governor Cooper is going to veto it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Um, when you all were in the early stages of this, you probably knew it then that it would be vetoed unless you just got a huge majority. And by the way, the the it passed, I think, in the Senate and both in the House strictly along party lines. So unless you can convince some Democrats to come over, it wouldn't survive a veto. But when when you were working on this bill, you obviously probably considered the fact that it would be vetoed, and yet you've continued to to push this bill. Uh, t- t- your strategy behind that? Did you do you want to force the governor to take a stance on this bill? Do you think that would send a message uh, to the state by making him veto? I, you know, it, it probably could. We we don't usually go into every bill and. and try to determine whether or not the governor will, even though that is, that is discussed. I mean, obviously it's got to be discussed, but we, I've been getting a lot of emails from all over the state regarding critical race theory. And while this bill isn't titled that, there's this national movement right. that really struck a nerve with parents across this, across this country, quite frankly. And, you know, we, you got to listen to your constituents, and and uh, you know I think the bill was designed to obviously try to bring shed light on the you know on the topic, but knowing that the governor would would veto it, I mean that he's not up for re-election, so it doesn't really do a lot of good from a political standpoint. But it, it does show the state that. General Assembly's listen here. Here's their cries, and we're listening to them. I mean, even though there's a there's a push now for a, a full forensic audit, I, I don't know what a, what a forensic audit is, but that's a topic for another day, and we, we'll address that down the road. But uh, you know, the the people out there, parents, and uh, you know, we're just just tired of this national noise, and I think it's time to to put some legislators on the record and, and, you know, to me, a vote against the bill is, is saying, yeah, you can go into the classroom as a teacher. You can, you can basically do anything you want to do to my child. You can, you can teach her 
whatever you say and try to make her force her to believe or force her to come around to your way of thinking. And this bill is designed to do the exact opposite. We're talking to Representative Chris Humphrey. He was one of the sponsors for HB 324, which is entitled Ensuring Dignity and Non-Discrimination in the Schools. Simple bill. You can go look it up. It's about two and a half pages. You can read it in just about five minutes. Um, Chris, how much effect did the Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson have? Now, I, I know he wasn't officially a sponsor of the bill, but just what he was doing with his task force and just how he sh- put a spotlight on the issues that are covered in this bill, uh, were, were you and the other sponsors taking notice of his work uh, while you were forming this bill? Well, I, I was. I attended the uh, the Senate hearing, and uh, you know, Lieutenant Governor is a powerful voice, an African American male who. You know, he, he does not make excuses. He does not sugarcoat anything, and he he but he basically tells it like it is. And he said that, you know, whatever happens to you is your fault. You know, which obviously that that's a that's a greater context. But you know, and, and I think that members, Democratic members, some African Americans, they they uh, they don't agree with him and. You know, he, he's not afraid to call it like he sees it. And I, I think that that him, that he being a, uh, you know, at the forefront of this issue is important because it goes to show that, that this is not a bill that's trying to uh, pinpoint a certain race or group, but we're just trying to make sure our, our, our students and our children are taught well, quite History the antithesis. Book. You're trying to prevent pinpointing a race or a group. I mean, this <laughs> critical yeah, yeah. race theory does does the opposite of what this bill does. And it's, uh, as Benny says, it's amazing to me that people would come up and call this bill racist when it's trying to prevent racism. Yeah. Well, well, I, you know, I won't I won't put you on the spot, but 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 I but I believe what this is. It's just part of the national effort and the Democrats in North Carolina and the, and the house and Senate is just just following the party line because this is a national effort to divide people and divide people by race because they're, they're absolutely afraid of the poll numbers for the last two elections when Donald Trump ran for president and how the African-American vote went more Republican than it ever has before. And it scares the heck out of Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'll say it, whether you can say that or not. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, you're right, because if you look at the bill and you read it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, it is a no-brainer, but you're right. The National Democratic Party is reeling right now. They, they've, got a, they've got a president who, who can't, you know, find his way out of Washington, D.C., and, and it's... Uh, can't find his way out of the White House. <laughs> well, <laughs> That was him. Uh, yeah, he uh, listens. He's right here. He tunes in. Absolutely. <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, hey, Chris, let me let me change gears with you a little bit here. Uh, the budget, you, you the, the uh, I don't know if it's done in the House or the Senate, but you've the in, you've integrated the emergency powers mm-hmm. issue into the budget. 
how do you think that's going to fall out? Will you think the governor will veto it, and will you have a veto-proof uh, vote to override any vetoes? Um, because, uh, you know, he might like the budget, but I, he's not going to like giving up those emergency powers, which he's abused for 18 months yeah. now. Yeah, you know, um, who, who knows? But if I'm the governor and there's a lot of policy in there that takes power away from me, I'm I'm probably going to think twice about signing that. And, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. But, you, don't, you know, you don't get everything you want in a budget. So... I don't know, man. Maybe it's a great uh, negotiating tool that was that was instilled in the budget to help help move things along. I don't know. I'm just taking a wild guess right, right. that maybe that that's the case. Uh, but yeah, things are moving along uh, pretty good. We we uh, we found out yesterday we're the, the the House and the Senate are maybe closer than we than we think on a on a working out some details, and you know the conference committee will get together and and iron out some differences. Uh, several Democrats on, on the conference committee, and in, in, uh, I know in the House. So uh, that, that's good. I mean, that, they'll have a seat at the table, and hopefully we'll we'll be able to keep those numbers intact to, to override a veto in the House anyway. The Senate has a little bit, uh, they got a little bit farther to go to get a veto, but or a veto-proof majority, but we'll see. Uh, one, one last question, uh Representative Humphrey, I think it was earlier this week or late last week, Governor Cooper vetoed the bills you got guys passed in the House and the Senate. I think to, it was on Monday. On Mon- was it Monday? Yeah, yeah to so. um, to basically end the hundred year gun permit uh, bill in North Carolina to end the gun print permit requirement that kind of started during the Jim Crow era, interesting enough, and he vetoed that. Did, did you guys have enough votes to override his veto on that or not? I don't recall. Yeah, I, I believe we did at the time, and we've got we've got several members that are out with with uh, some sickness and some health issues, you know, on the Republican side. So we'll get through this budget process, and then we'll look at hopefully trying to override some of those some of those vetoes. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but that one was, I guess, not too surprising. But you try to get a pistol permit in Wake County or Mecklenburg County. I mean, you're basically told that. You know they're so backed up, and they just don't have time to get to them. So uh, we we wow. we've got to fix that. Yeah. Uh, there's just no excuse for that kind of laziness yeah. um, to prevent a. Well, you know, is is it, is it laziness or is it is it part of their agenda? That's the other question too. Is it? You <laughs> I know, think it's both. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's both. I think it's more the agenda part. Um, but I mean, it's a revenue stream for these sheriff's departments, and it's. Uh, you know, the sheriff doesn't know everybody in the in the community like they used to. I mean, these transient days that we live in, so uh, just makes sense. To yeah, Chris Humphrey, get th- that step, Representative. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Appreciate it. Thanks for your insights and thank yeah, you for sponsoring for this bill. You bet. Look forward to having you going again. Absolutely. All right, Chris Humphrey calling in from uh, Raleigh. We're going to take another time out. Lots more to talk about. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 